Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and this is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's gorgeous episode was with my dear friend, Sean Stevenson. This conversation will be highly controversial, I would say. Um, Sean is a brilliant mind. Uh, he's a nutritionist. He is a host of the Model Health Show. He's a best-selling author of Eat Smarter and Sleep Smarter. And in this conversation, we get into some of the forces that be that impede culture from doing things like sleeping smarter and eating smarter and uh, generally living smarter. Sean does a brilliant job in this conversation of illuminating some of the shadowy parts of our healthcare system. So this conversation will almost certainly resonate very deeply for many people and will likely piss some people off, which I think is just fine to communicate about things that uh, stir people up. You'll hear in the conversation that I have a tendency of playing devil's advocate with Sean, um, and that is just my nature. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate learning all sides of the conversation, especially when it comes to things like the vaccine and things like COVID-19 and um, our healthcare system in general, pharmaceutical drugs. So strap your boots up. I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation and special exciting news. We are doing a Black Friday sale this week only for every program that we have on the website. So that's the six-week Align Method online program. It includes the knee pain program, the back pain program, and also the resistance band vault, which is, I think, 50, over 50 odd different exercises educating you on how to utilize resistance bands for self-care and also for fitness. All of that will be for the price of just one of the programs. So all of that is going for sale right now. You can find that at alignpodcast.com. It's the first thing you'll see, Black Friday sale, alignpodcast.com. It's the only time that we are ever going to do this um, for sure. It's kind of ridiculous. So jump over and check that thing out, alignpodcast.com. Dot com, all of the programs on the site for sale for the cost of one. That's it. That's all. Enjoy this conversation with my man, Sean Stevenson. Thanks so much for making time to, to venture out the, the arduous journey six and a half miles across Los Angeles. Right. Six hours. Six hours. <laughs> six miles equals one hour. That's, that's L.A. math. Yeah. How was your experience in, in uh, Los Angeles? I've, I, I was a, one of the many refugees to go to Austin, Texas. Yeah. How have you, how have you been? Did you, how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Just preference, prefaces. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm new here anyway, so it's yeah. all a, quite an adventure. Um, you know, I'm from the Midwest, but I would come out here to speak and whenever I was out here, I was just like, record a bunch of shows because everybody's here, you know, it just seemed, yeah. and it's nice, you know, the ocean and all the, 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 the vibes and opportunities. And it was just really, you know, and so many friends were just like, come out, come out to LA, come, it's gonna be amazing, come out, come out. And then I come out and the first portion, you know, I moved here in 2019, towards the end of 2019, and I was wrapping up my latest book the entire time, Eat Smarter, I turned it in, then I told I shared this with you. Two days later, I got injured oh, yeah. because it's a book-related injury. By the way, it's just not healthy writing a health book. 
Um, and I, I really was on top of everything from my last book. Like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's just an incredible amount of time, you know, being on the screen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I finished the rehab and then the world shut down. Mm. You know, I really feel like the world joined me in a sense. Mm. Because when, when there's so much happening and you're kind of in, you're, you're slowed down, it seems as though you're missing out, you know, you really had it. And I'm not that kind of, I'm very good with, with FOMO. Like I'm, I'm more of a mofo than a FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, the joy of missing out, I'm much more that kind of guy, but just with all the things that were happening uh, in the world and seeing the world kind of moving around me, I was very, it's very, very challenging. But then suddenly everyone joined me and I'm just like, this is nothing. Like I've been in the house laid up all this time. I feel like it's changed the general temperament of this is probably just me projecting my experience to, to anyone listening to this. But it's changed my general temperament or relationship to FOMO where I, I do really care much less about what's happening out in the world. I've like become habituated to be like, cool, Friday, don't care. Right. It <laughs> doesn't matter. There's yeah. nothing going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I, t- I can totally identify with that. And also, I think it's been um, a trend of folks kind of losing track of days, you know, like all of yeah. these things. So this brings up to the surface for me, like all the socially accepted norms that we have, mm. you know, like this day is that, that day, you've got this going on this time of day. And that's simultaneous with all of this science coming out about circadian medicine you know, and how we are kind of um, synced up or acclimated. We have a certain, you know, with the dernal and nocturnal patterns of the world, that's more real than the superficial stuff that we just make up, Hmm. you know, like daylight savings time, for example, you know, which a little fun fact, whenever that circles around and that hour is pulled away, that Monday there's a dramatic increase in traffic accidents, heart attacks, Hmm. you know, it's just like, after this amount of time of seeing these trends, why are we just looking at like, is this really a smart thing to do? Yeah. You know, let's just mess up everybody's circadian clock in our country, except shout out to Arizona and <laughs> Hawaii, <laughs> you know, for being a little bit more evolved. Um, but yeah, but the, you know, if folks want to look into research out of the Salk Institute, it's phenomenal. You know, these are just, it's just getting back to things that our ancestors already knew mm. that we're deeply intimately connected with all of life but we can superficially we're so smart we can try to manufacture whatever time of day we want in a sense sure you know so but anyways but how am i doing through it um for that first portion you know i just got to work in the research and and looking at what's really happening underneath the surface because it's another thing folks should know at this point what's what's actually happening isn't what you see happening you know, the the problem right now is that the problem isn't the problem. Mm. You know, the problem, the real problem isn't actually getting addressed or getting looked at. You know, it's kind of the same trend. And, um, you know, I just feel like for myself personally, this has been a great opportunity because I think you and I both know we can get very comfortable, especially in our bubbles. Like you just mentioned, yeah. we can create our own our own existence. And so, and then we tend to see the rest of the world in that same way until we maybe go out to a Walmart or whatever, and we're just like, what, what is this? Yeah, you know, it's like, shocking. Yeah, the world is, it can be different, you know, but for me, it's just getting, there was a, a, a fire was reignited. Not to say that it, you know, died off, but it's a new fire 
and really understanding how I, I want to say the right word here, but I'm, it's con- I'm conjuring um, memories of the television show Lost, mm. you know? It's a, just a big four-letter word. We're really lost as a species right now. Like, with all of our so-called advances, and yet with where we are as a species, as far as our advances, as far as our place in, in, in our evolutionary picture, as far as our technology, you would think we'd really... At this point, we'd have a thriving system of health, physical and mental health. But it's, it's this paradox. It's the complete opposite. Mm. We are the sickest nation in the history of the world. Mm. You know, simultaneously, it's a very interesting time. So it rekindled this fire of like, th- what's happening in the world right now isn't just this. It's been something that's been a ticking time bomb, you know, and just waiting for something to just, you know, um, lights it on fire yeah. as adam sandler would say the one thing i want to um challenge or play devil's advocate with which is the thing we we're talking about before of how we are at least partially responsible for painting our realities and we do have some level of sovereignty or capacity to inform and, and change you know or, or, or manipulate the world around us with our perception you know so when you meet someone if you perceive them as being you know, this is like like racism stuff. Oh, they're a Puerto Rican, that means this. Oh, they're a woman, that means this. They're a black person, they're a white person. And you start to almost, by projecting your belief on who they are, it changes the way that they show up. And I wonder if, if perhaps in continuing to recapitulate the idea that we are the sickest culture, which objectively, <laughs> statistically, you can see like, well, correct. And I wonder if, you know, words have power, you know, and abracadabra, I'm casting spells and you know, perpetuating belief systems. And that's a very out there, you know, I, you know like yeah. eat a pile of mushrooms and I have love conversations it. I love like it that. Because I because this is w- what, what needs to happen ultimately, Aaron, is, <laughs> is a marriage of the two, because you're yes. right, is a marriage of the two, because exactly. being this objective thing and this subjective measurement. Yeah. And so me as a person, like even the way that I show up is to challenge those stereotypical perceptions or norms Mm. you know i've been in this field for 20 years i was just with you know um andrew huberman the Mm, other day dr andrew huberman sanford the whole thing there isn't a place really that i've seen as far as like the folks who are out there really making big waves that haven't been impacted by my work yeah you know it's very strange you know and like folks send pictures of my my book being in a doctor's office or whatever the case might be but when people see me walking down the street they're not like oh that's that's a fucking scientist Mm. right you know because i'm 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 different i'm showing up different Mm. all the stereotypes you know like i could pick like five of those you know and um you know so having that understanding about perception helping to shatter those things but the point being in this instance i went through a phase of all this love and just seeing that everywhere, even in the sickness, like there's just so much beauty and all these things, you know, and seeing the the joy and, but also within there's opportunity. But at some point you also have to deal with the real world because you can yeah. get so airy fairy, you're no earthly good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but most people are so solid. They don't ever venture into that domain. They're so stuck in the reality or the problem or the perception of all the, the bad shit that's going on in the world. Yeah. 
And so, but then we we can venture into a place where it's it's all love and everything is beautiful and good, and we can and we can exist in either of these realities. They're both real, especially for the individual. What I feel to be an ultimate place, and I feel like some of the I'm not putting myself in that category, but some of the great teachers that we still talk about today is understanding we want to we want to be in the world but not of the world kind of thing mm-hmm. you know like be very clear about the problems and the suffering because especially for me like i have children and so and the amount of suffering that i see with children right now is part of the big reason why i do what i do um so to be very aware of that suffering but also to operate from a place of compassion and love and to know even within that which is this is where we get into things that can be very difficult for people to really um to accept or to understand is that even within that suffering for that child, that could be their assignment. You know, that could be a gift yep. because, you know, there, a lot of people are throwing the statement around about, you know, um, uh, hard times making tough yeah, men right. and tough men right. making good times and good times making soft men. And then that sure. whole cycle, you know, I really feel like what's happening right now is this generation's opportunity to become better. You know, so I can see that as well. Like all of these things exist. And I think that, you know, ultimately, if we can get to a place where we can jump and pop around at different perspectives and not get too stuck on any one of them, yeah. I think we'll be not just easier to communicate with other people, but better able to to enjoy the buffet of life ourselves. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that. um one, I would consider you one of the great teachers, and you know I really appreciate the, the work that you do and the way that you present it and the fact that you show up as you are, which makes your message and your medium of communication more digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, <coughs> and where I think things get... I've been going back and forth. I've been noticing this pop up in, in multiple conversations, but just like what consciousness is, how much sovereignty do you really have over your choices, and before you came over here, I was watching a, have you ever heard of the, the um, zombie wasp, also known as the jewel wasp? Mm-hmm. So the zombie wasp, there's various different instances of this, but essentially it's like you know, creatures hypnotizing and brainwashing other creatures to, um, you know, to have their, their will upon them. And this is a zombie wasp, people look up YouTube, it's got like 10 million views or something. It injects some venom into cockroaches. And then the cockroach becomes very docile and just s- stupid. It like stupefies it. And then the wasp can can uh, bring the cockroach. It like you know get essentially like takes its little little wasp hand to the little cockroach hand, like brings it into its burrow, and then it injects the wasp's eggs into the cockroach. And then the eggs digest the intestines and such organ meat, go organ meat uh, of the cockroach. <laughs> and it beca- you know it, it becomes this this hypnotized stupefied you know zombie essentially wow. to carry out the will of the wasp and then my mind you know the, starts going in directions of like oh interesting like you know i wonder if there's any levels of that happening in our own culture you know and our and we're, we're we're peeled to our news feed and our social media and like you know social dilemma documentary and all that you know, like our minds are are so you know manipulated, yeah. You know, and so it's it's something that I think of, and then and then where the conversation comes in you, I'd be curious your thoughts on that in general. But uh, how that affects us at a hormonal level, and how that affects our immune system, and how that affects you know the production of our cells. 
Have you thought about that? I know that's some out there shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the zombie watch. That's that's news to me. Okay. That reminds me, you know, I just um I just saw um Dune. Oh. You know, the remake of Dune. And there's a, a certain guild of person that's able to basically impose their will, get your to tap into your own mind, to become your inner voice and to command you to do certain things. Mm. Right? And so this was just last night when I saw this. And even when I saw that, I was like, that is a thing. That's not just like pulled out of the air. Like people are able to do that at some level. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the domain of like, what about, we know there's an entire field of hypnotism and there's so much diversity in what that looks like, you know? And it's long ago, this isn't even just new. It's just much more, much easier to, to tap into this in other folks. Long ago, folks figured out how to get that inner, that, that inner, that, to bypass your executive brain, hmm. the part of your brain that questions things, that distinguishes between right and wrong and has social control. You can bypass that and get right to the subconscious. And having that ability, let me, let me paint a better picture here. Um, we, we, we think that we're, even now, we're operating from our conscious perception about stuff. But what's really coming out is a result of an entire lifetime and many other lifetimes. Not talking about like reincarnation, but all of the different moments in our lives have thousands of different dynamics. Yeah. And so all of these subconscious and unconscious things come out for us on the what what we deem to be the surface in our in our reality. But most of the stuff is happening behind the scenes. And what's happening behind the scenes is really governing our choices and our responses. Hmm. Because right now I might be looking at this cup and I know that you got the lemon ginger here for me. <laughs> and I might have had an experience with some ginger back when I was 6 years old that's kind of influencing my perception about having this ginger. You know, maybe it was my you know, I don't know, my, my grandmother really loved me. She gave me some ginger tea or something. Or, you know, maybe my grandmother was a bit of a zombie wasp and she, like, splashed ginger, hot ginger tea all over my lap or some shit. Yeah. You know, like, these things are coloring our experience no matter what. So with that said, people figured out how to bypass, humans have, that conscious, that the conscious influence and get right to the subconscious to influence the way that you think, to influence your responses, and we've learned to do it in so many ways. So we could do it with the with the word. We could do it with sound. Mm. You know, this is very well known. That a certain tempo, a certain way of structuring sounds and beats and music have been purposefully used to drive in messages deeper into the subconscious. Mm. You know, that could take you down a whole rabbit hole looking into that. You know, so being mindful of what you're listening to. But I also do want to leave this caveat. I believe that something about us, which I think we, we, we don't give it enough credence because we try to like label it this, the spirit, my spirit, my soul. It's so expansive. Like we can't, we don't even really understand. I believe that there's a, there's a safeguard. There's a safety. Um, there's a space within us that is untouchable for all these things. Hmm. And I feel that, it can expand or it can con- contract. 
and how you work on yourself, growing that intentionally uh, can help to buffer when those types of influences you might not be, even be aware of. When they come up, you have that space. And if that space is grown within you, like the stuff you really just kind of shake it off where others might fall very strongly, fall victim to it, you know? So I believe that that's kind of the safety valve or like the, um, you know, the break glass emergency thing. If you're worried about like, should I not listen to DMX? You know, you just die, you know? Is that message, is it getting deep into my subconscious? <clears throat> if you've worked on yourself and you've grown that space, you can be aware of the influence. Like, oh, I see what that is, okay. You know, and you get to choose every single microsecond, your response, your perception, what you were really talking about earlier. Like you get to decide. But most people in our culture, unfortunately, we're not taught these things. And I know that because I was that. I just thought I was my thoughts my entire life until there was a break that took place. You know, I was just existing. I was operating on automatic. If something happens, I'm reactive to all things in my environment. I didn't have a concept of I get to just I get to decide how I want to feel. I get to choose how I want to feel. Like I didn't know that was a thing. And so most people are are living their existence like that. And we're indoctrinated from a very early age in our culture unfortunately to outsource our thinking and to outsource our feeling to the world around us. You know, so yeah. And on the, as far as the immune system, hormones, all that stuff, these, if we, if we break down what a hormone is, it really is, uh, a, it's, it's like a chemical messenger that is sending metabolic DMs from cell to cell, all right? So like little metabolic text messages or emails. And what we want, we want the, the email, we want to have a good email service where the message is getting wherever it's supposed to go accurately and it's not getting whitelisted, you know, or going, I'm sorry, it's, it's getting whitelisted, it's not going to spam. If we, if we want this certain hormonal communication to go accurately. We also wanna make sure we don't have a mistake we're sending out, like we got a big email to send out and the headline's fucked up, Yeah. you know? <clears throat> You're trying to send out a message to, you know, be, be peaceful and healthy and instead, you know, it says, um, be peaceful and stealthy. And so now you're just like being a fucking ninja and snooping around on people and trying to, you know, hide out and scare folks or whatever, you know, like it can, it's going to instruct your cells on what they should be doing. This is kind of like, um, like the Paul Revere type vibe of like, you know, informing all your cells on what they need to do. There's something going on in the world. This is our, this is how we need to respond or act in this condition. And so if we have a perception where we are victimized, where we feel like we're a victim or at the mercy of what's happening in the world around us, the hormone, we, are, we, are, we get to choose the hormones we're producing as well to a, to a massive magnitude. And so this gets back to feeling how you want to feel, choosing how you want to feel. And so if I'm having a, a uh, detracting, uh, disempowering feeling state or thought about what's happening in the world or myself, it's that, that chemistry is, is getting communicated to every, this is the point I want everybody to understand. Every cell in your body, not just your heart that might be fluttering or your, your muscles that might be tensing up or whatever, literally from your fucking toenail 
to your to your to your uh, super chiasmatic nucleus. You mm. know, like everything in your body <laughs> is getting affected by every thought you think. Every thought you think has correlating chemistry in your body. Now, this is beautiful, but also it can be terrifying because just like, well, I want to think the right stuff all the time. It's not about that. It's about growing yourself, working on yourself, that inner space to where it's just on automatic. So you can more ebb and flow with the stuff that happens in the world. And also, I'm so grateful for this. And I've been highlighting these folks for quite some time, uh, like the work of Susan David, Dr. Susan David, to really clarify that our emotions, none of them are bad. You know, like if you're, if you're depressed, if you're angry, if you're hurt, whatever the case might be, our problem in our culture is that we run from these things. We don't listen to the messages trying to share with us. Our body is so, it's beyond intelligent. Our brains are beyond intelligent, beyond anything we can understand. And so now our feelings have become conditions, you know, diagnosable conditions. And there's a drug for each of them, you know, well, not yet, but they're working on it. And so really being able to understand that whatever the feeling is, what is this message trying to teach me? Or what is this... Um, I, you know, I, I want to leave this out, by the way. So I mentioned hormones. Neurotransmitters are very similar, um, but they're more they're operating with the nervous system. Okay, so neurotransmitters, neuropeptides, our hormones are operating with our endocrine system, so our hormonal system, you know, the hormonal-related, hormone-related glands and cells. And so very similar um, as far as their communication uh, aspect. But, you know, last point here, just to summarize everything, our emotions are incredibly valuable feedback. Number one, they will happen. They will happen automatically in response. It's kind of like the wind blowing right now. We can't do shit about that. <laughs> it's happening. Like <laughs> Now, we can harness the wind, though, if we wanted to. We could jump on and like, or we can go and kite surf in that shit. Like we can use it to our advantage and like find the joy in it. Or we can just like, it, we can let it knock us down and we can stay there and that's okay. Both are okay, right? So number one, it's just gonna happen. Number two, you have complete authority to decide the feeling as well. Complete authority. And I'm not talking about lying to yourself either. We have the capacity to change our state, to change the way that we feel, because every thought we have changes our chemistry. Hmm. And so now it's being able to, again, today's about marriage for some reason, being able to marry these two things together so there's a good balance where you're not so forcing yourself to feel a certain way all the time, which is not human necessarily, and you're not at the mercy of the environment around you and all the stuff going on in the world, where you can still be in the world and feel the feelings, get that feedback, but you still maintain your sovereignty. I want to take a moment and thank Eaton Hemp for supporting this podcast. Eaton Hemp is my go-to snack for a protein boost. Um, they are hemp seeds. They also have CBD oils and various different CBD products. Um, but the hemp seeds are so darn fantastic. I have them in my cabinet all the time and uh, I add them to my salads, I add them to my smoothies. They are chock full of various different vitamins and minerals and uh, also are a complete 
protein. So if you're looking for a sneaky way to integrate some more protein-packed foods into your lifestyle, I truly love this product, and I think you guys are going to devour it as well. If you'd like a discount on your own satchel of Eaton Hemp's hemp seeds, you can go over to eatonhemp.com slash align for a sweet discount on those guys. Uh, if you don't absolutely love Eaton Hemp's hemp seeds or their CBD oil or any of their products, then they have a 30-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked. So jump over to eatonhemp.com slash align. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P.com slash align. Like to thank Element for supporting this podcast. I utilize Element's hydration packs every single day uh, before I work out. Anytime, if I'm sweating a lot, if I'm doing sauna, anything of the sort, I will just toss a little satchel, a little pouch of Element's hydration packs into my water. And it's the perfect energy supplement. It truly is. Um, Rob Wolf is the founder of the company. I really adore Rob. He's been on this podcast in the past and he's somewhat of a genius. Uh, these packs, what's really great about them is they are simple. They taste delicious. It's just sodium, magnesium, potassium. These are the building blocks for you to create energy in your body. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to integrate into your daily life. If you'd like to try it absolutely free, you can go to drinklmnt.com slash align. And they will send you out a free sample pack of various different flavors. That is drinklmnt.com slash align. Get yourself a sample pack. Yeah, I think it's a, a a balance of you know East Eastern philosophy and Western allopathic medicine, or you know Western analytical thinking, mm-hmm. you know Roman times, right angles, all this not very pagan, circular, <laughs> naturalistic type stuff. Like both are valuable, you know. And so in this conversation of you know you are the captain of your ship, you're engineering your body through. Your, your mind in part, that's half of the conversation. And then there's the other part of the conversation where it's like, and, you know, arsenic has an effect on your digestive system, you know, and, and, and you know, it's like, but then you can go to Southern Baptist churches and they're, you know, maybe they're getting bit by rattlesnakes and the Holy Spirit's, you know, perfusing their, their you know, their, their cells and it's like protecting them, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's also like, well, maybe, um, um, amazing. Now, maybe let's stop getting bit by rattlesnakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, let's get some green juice, you know? <laughs> so I think it's just the balance of both. And I think yeah. that, that like, the, the science, the scientists of the world, they can be condescending towards maybe like the people that are, you know, they just want to, instead of studying the dynamics of flipping a dirt bike, you know, or, you know, whatever, mm, whatever the right. skateboard kickflip, they just want to go do a kickflip. You know, science, yeah. and then the people just doing the kickflip, like, ah, oh, science, they're in their laboratory. It's like, no, no, like, marriage, yeah. you bring them together. Now we have, you know, a superpower. We can really create change. That's it. In relation to uh, more stuff, I, uh, the general theme of what I was excited to talk to you about was kind of how we do inform our physiology with our, our thoughts and feelings and, you know, the, the general blanket of fear that is perfused a lot of people's TV screens at least and mm. social media feeds. Right, yeah. And one of the things I was looking into that that was interesting was was uh, multiple personality mm-hmm. disorders. And you can actually 
this has been there's been tons of, of research around this they will people with multiple personality disorder can change the shape of their eyeballs mm -hmm. they can change they can become colorblind they can have rashes they can have burns diabetes diabetes like yeah you you can have a a a water filled pustule manifest as a product of the belief that you're allergic yeah. to orange juice or whatever the thing and then suddenly you you turn it into timmy and the water filled pustule gets reabsorbed and goes back into timmy not allergic to orange juice guy crazy <laughs> listen we are so we're so weird we are man we're so weird and we my one of the things i've been dealing with recently too is just like how we limit ourselves you know like i don't even with examples like that how we're designed how the universe is designed it doesn't care about it doesn't care about speed like with healing like you, that's your that's your belief based on the the perception that we've been given and just kind of, you know, historical records, whatever. And that has some credence, but things can happen like so much faster than we realize. Mm. And I really feel that that's a product too of getting in alignment. That person, there is no doubt in them that they are Timmy. All right, Timmy, they're Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. How quickly can you get to yourself, yourself to the place where you have no doubt whatsoever that you no longer have, you know, fill in the blank. You know, how, how quickly can you get yourself to the place where you, ha your, 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 you know, your, your meniscus is healed, you know, fully like you, it is done. Like that's how powerful we are because again, your, your thoughts, and this is another interesting thing too. I've been talking and I'm so grateful for, again, for these wonderful people, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Oh yeah, I've had her on. Yeah. She's, she's another one of those people again, like. I, I had no idea of the intersection that I had in her life and in hers and mine. She actually it was the one book that I actually read together with my daughter like 12 years ago. It was one of her first. It was like her first book, I think. And my daughter was like, you got to read this book. And so um, she was already in my life. But anyways, one of the things that she's been really working to get out into popular culture is the 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 law, really, that. Because we tend to think our mind and our brain are the same thing. But the fact that your mind creates your brain, right? Mm. So your mind is not your brain. It is, it is an outcome of your brain. Your entire physiology is the outcome of your, of your mind. I'm sorry. And so the process of thinking creates the brain itself. So we, and we get to choose the thoughts again, so, which is pretty cool. Now, with that said, I mean... Right now, especially with all, all that's going on in the world, uh, which the thing is, even as I say that too, to keep it in context, there's there's always been st crazy stuff going on, all kinds of stuff going on. But you know, you mentioned earlier that you know we we are in a time now where we're being force fed a lot of of fear, but that's been going on forever as well. It's yeah. been a tool utilized back, you know, with kingdoms and you know and knights and you know. Um, tribes and all these things to control, you know, fear is a very powerful m modulator of emotion because if you're in fear of some imminent threat, there's something, and you know that I can help to make sure that you're okay, guess what? Like, I mean, imminent threat, like you're, you're, you might die, your, your children might die, and I have safety for you. You're going to listen to me a whole lot easier. 
you know. And so it's a powerful tool because this is getting back to basic human physiology, psychology, you know. Um, and also these things change our state. But, you know, to circle all this together, with this work and understand that your mind is creating your brain, your mind is creating your, your physiology, your body. <clears throat> if, if we really get this and really understand that let me let me get because I gave a affirmative thought before a, a negative thought for example changes our biochemistry that thought of fear all right this is a great this is a great example because I've got real I've got science and proof on this now when all of this change happened in the world and you know things begin to get shut down I brought up a very rational concern which is hey listen We've got this entire field of psychoneuroimmunology, psychoneuroendocrinology. We know that our perception of reality is a major controller of our immune system function. Yeah. If everybody is being fed 24-7 fear, which again, if you weren't tuned into your, your phone or your, the television or even just stuff going on on the street, and you were maybe just, I don't know, hanging out somewhere in, I don't know, Costa Rica or something, and, you know, there's this terrible news that comes out on Wednesday, you just think it's fucking Wednesday. You wouldn't know about, like, there's something terrible you need to be afraid of. You're just living your life. Not to say that there isn't something that can be a, a threat out there, but if we didn't have these things, we wouldn't be so influenced. So anyway, so I pointed out, like, hey, listen, we know that the outcomes from infections and chronic diseases, but our emphasis is on infections. When somebody is in fear or they're in a hyper-stressed state, their immune response is dramatically suppressed. We know this, like the data exists. So I'm like, listen, I get all this stuff is going on, but how things are being handled right now, we're going to have worse outcomes for our citizens because of all the rampant fear without context. That's my issue, it's fear without context. Cut to a year and a half later, the CDC's report comes out and they tracked 800 U.S. hospitals, over 540,000 COVID patients. And they found that the number one risk factor for death from COVID is obesity, which we knew, but we're not doing anything about it, but we knew. The second leading risk factor for death from COVID-19 in the CDC's report is anxiety and fear-related disorders. Huh. Now, I cannot even script something like that. I can't put those words down in such a clear format for people to really understand this. It's a second leading risk factor from the CDC. The second leading risk factor for death is anxiety and fear-related disorders. <laughs> and chances are, unless you know me, you, don't, you haven't heard a thing about this, you know? And these things should be utterly shocking because then you start to piece this together like, Okay, we know that said news organization has literally been caught purposefully using fear and putting a death toll ticker up on the screen purposefully to install, instill fear. They got caught. The technical director was caught on camera saying that, you know, he would feel like when the number wasn't going up high enough, he was like, we need to get the number up. Like, it's not scary enough. And then he caught himself. He said it on camera. That's not right. Like, I know that that's messed up that I feel like that, but... You know, and then the person asked, like, 
And this is an idea I put out into the world. All right, I'm sharing this with you. But I don't really use to talk about this, but when, it, when I first saw it, because I went to my neighbor's house, because I don't have that shit on my TV, and I went to the neighbor's house and I see it, and I'm like, I first, I, my first glance was like, I thought it was like a stock ticker. And then like I, my attention focused in on it, I'm like, they're tallying up deaths. Like it's just a number ticking on the screen. Like that's not okay. Yeah. If they really care about humans, those are human lives. And then at, almost in that same moment, I was like, this is fear without context. If they're gonna do that, why not have a recovery yeah. ticker as well, a recovery number so that you can see the hundred time or thousand, 10,000 time magnitude of people being okay. To give some context, like, and this, bring, this brings into the conversation, what we can, can we actually do? How are so many people okay? Then we get into that conversation. Yeah. You know, or 90, there's people throw these numbers around, I'm just using this for simplicity's sake, but 99% of folks, how are they okay? What happened? Hmm. How, how are they able to survive this, this thing? You know, like what happened with their biology that enabled them? Let's, let's talk more about that. But we're so focused on the problem because the problem keeps people in fear to the degree that once they contract, even if they don't contract said thing, but that fear can make your body respond. I just had some, um, was talking about some of this data that your body just being in stress, you can manufacture a fever. Sure. Relative, I mean, it's not even that difficult to do. Like it can, it hap it can happen pretty frequently for folks. And we can manufacture the symptoms of sickness. And so, and your body's doing that because it thinks there's a threat. There's a pathogen. There's something that's trying to attack you, right? And so, yeah, man. I mean, I just want to make that point. Anxiety and fear-related disorders, there's, that, there's some subsets of that. So we can have it so that, okay, number one, yeah. Some people are like, yeah, of course. Like, of course they're in fear. They got the, they got the thing, you know? But again, this has been given so much so much creed, so much authority over us. It's been, it's been put framed in such a way that it's a hundred times worse than cancer, for example. When in reality, it's the reverse, right? So when somebody gets this diagnosis, they're gonna, they feel like they're gonna die. They've been so conditioned that I'm going to have a bad outcome. I'm probably not gonna make it. That's what's gonna a, happen. I almost had a panic attack just a month ago. I didn't even have that like mm. bad version of it. Mm. You know, I was, I was laying. I was. I was like day four of it. I've had. I've had the vid twice, and uh, I haven't been vaccinated. Um, and the the second time, one, the second time felt much vastly more organic. And we've had Dr. Quay on here, and he was he was going into all the details of the very high likelihood that it, it almost absolutely was manufactured in some lab, North Carolina. And he told Wuhan me one in 13 million chance it was naturally occurring. Right, exactly. Stan yeah. You know, yeah. he's just a Stanford guy, you know, no yeah, big right. deal. He was just there <laughs> in front of uh, Congress, you know, sharing his data. No big deal. Yeah. But when his team reached out, they reached out to me early, like when yeah. this was hot. Yeah. And I had already seen things getting censored. Like mm -hmm. I was just like, and we had conversations. I, I was just trying to find a way I could even put it out. Right. You know, like I'm on the, I'm on the, you know, the, um, the watch. Not, not like something really bad, but just certain things that I've created. And I've brought even Bruce Lipton, cell biologist. Yeah, I've had him on too. Yeah, he's cre He's really impressed upon the culture and, 
the term epigenetics, mm-hmm. if you've heard that term, it's largely thanks to him impressing it upon culture yeah. today. And I brought I brought him to have a conversation about the biology of fear. Sure. You know, because again, I saw it. I was like, let me get this guy, get another Stanford guy, um, to talk about this. And he was sharing with me how, and he puts a lot into his stuff that he creates. Man, he loves he he's he's so joyous. He loves his work so much. Yeah, he's a sweetie. He's like, like he's like music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, um, he he was upset because two of his his videos that he really worked so hard to create were taken down. Like they got mm-hmm. censored, and he just couldn't understand. He's like, I'm I'm I'm. I'm not just a science scientist. I'm the fucking scientist. Like where the books are changing and evolving to where epigenetics is the leading science here. Like he's like, I that's I've been doing this for 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. You know? And so for for that to take place, I was like, oh wow, something. Because at first when it was happening to folks, I was like, well, maybe they're just not sticking to the data. Hmm. You know, maybe it's a lot of, you know, um, interjections and anecdotes and things like that. But I, I created a piece and I literally just stuck to peer-reviewed studies, published peer-reviewed studies. That's it. That's it. And a, just a ro- logical summary of them. It was taken down. And I'm just like, that's, that's not okay. That's not what science is or supposed to be. Then we get into the dynamics of like, well, platforms can censor things. It's their platform. But we know now that, you know, unfortunately, um, as crazy as it sounds, which, again, it's very difficult for me to because I still this is a thing about me, too. Uh, if I could share, I, I really believe people are, are good, man. I really do. Yep. You know, I know that there are there. Of course, there are some there are a couple Michael Myers out there, you know. It's it's close to Halloween. But at right some now. point, the Michael Myers, you know, loved baseball and was scared of spiders, and you know, wanted to kiss a girl and wanted to be an astronaut when they grew up. Yeah, you more know? than likely, more than likely, yeah. you know. And something happened. That's the thing. Something happened. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is a, a a loss of love or lack of love or some pain inflicted. You know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And also, I've really understood more than I ever have this this year that people have a very strong ten- tendency to compromise their ethics in order for the, quote, greater good, mm. right? They really do believe that they're helping people when, you know, two-thirds of our, uh, two, this is crazy to even say this, two-thirds of the United States Congress in 2020 took a check from the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. What? I mean... To to say that this industry, with a proven track record of, I mean, the list of felonies is ungodly, right? The fraud, the bribery, the deaths. The EJS Center uh, for Ethics at Harvard University did a really great analysis, which is difficult to, to find this data because it's not readily tracked by the CDC. But they uncovered that about 200,000 United States citizens die each year, each year from pharmaceutical drugs. 200,000 folks every year, right? And they, they wrote in the report that the CDC does not, I'm sorry, the FDA does not acknowledge these facts and instead only accounts for a small percentage of these, these figures. And this is because for whatever strange reason, pharmaceutical drugs being a cause of death is not one of, the, it's, it's like 
now things have been changed like comorbidities, like the way that people are writing, you know, doing coding work has changed since the, with COVID hitting the scenes, you know, and it's taken a precedent over the heart disease that might be a, a major factor, if not the factor or whatever the case might be. But when it comes to pharmaceutical drugs, it's so easily passed off. And also, you got to think about the system that's coding the death. Why would you say I killed someone, you know, like with this, I don't know, um, you know, lisinopril or whatever the case might be, the Celebrex. Um, so it's a very, it's a very concerning system where you get to grade your own homework. You know, so for the researchers to really dig around, and again, this is Harvard guys, right? So they're supposed to be the best and the brightest. They're not trying to like mess up the system. They're just looking at the data and this is what is, you know? And so being that that's the case, 200,000 folks dying every year. And I was just with a, a doctor of pharmacy last week. And I specifically talked with her because she got into the business again to help people. And she could see that's what the, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, like, that's what you're doing. Like, we're here to, we want to help people. But she's like, once she got her first position, she, she was like, no exaggeration. Every day, I got an email for a drug recall, another drug recall. Another, every day. At least one. And she, and she just had the logical question. How are these drugs getting approved if they, in the first place if they keep getting recalled? Yeah. And so... Prior to having this conversation with her, what took me into this universe more so than I ever have, which I already knew this because of food more so, you know, our food system with the FDA, you know, Food and Drug Administration. And um, I went and actually looked at the data on how is this approval taking place? Because obviously there's a big approval uh, that has happened recently or a process of approval, very complex. But... You know, this was published in the journal Science, one of the top, literally the journal Science, that after they tracked and saw, because what happens when a drug comes up for review, for approval, the, F the FDA has a board of physicians who, who will review the drug and approve it. And again, they're not running their own trials. They're taking the pharmaceutical company's trials. It's grade your own fucking homework. Mm. They're not, which... Science should be, this is one of the things with the study, it should be, it, you should be able to replicate it. But that never happens. That's part of the reason stuff is the way it is and stuff gets recalled once enough people die or are injured. And so, but anyways, but the review found, because they, what they did was they looked at post hoc payments between pharmaceutical companies paying this board of physicians on the review board. Now here's the, this is the the little catch 22 because it would blatantly be a bribe if they gave them money and then approved the drug so what they uncovered was that about 40 percent of the physicians on the fda review board they receive post hoc payments so later it could be six months later a year later money from pharmaceutical companies after a review of their drug all right so it's just like nothing to see here this is a year later it has nothing to do with it right to the tune of literally millions and millions and millions of dollars every year. And so, I'm sorry, not every year, but every time one of these big approval processes is taking place. So about 40% of these folks. So that's strike number two with pharmaceutical companies influencing what's getting to our, 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 our people, our citizens, our, our community members. And the last piece I'll share here, because I can keep going, is the FDA itself 
which is largely funded by pharmaceutical companies, to the tune of billions of dollars every year, pharmaceutical companies are paying the FDA as part of their review board process. This, the inception of this was to make sure drugs can get to the market faster to save lives. And so they were like, well, we need more people. We need more resources. You guys start paying us and we'll do it faster. And again, it seemed like a uh, ethical thing because now we can get drugs to the market faster and save people. But what's actually happened is now, since those changes happened, the drugs that are not approved have tanked. More stuff is approved. We've also seen the biggest epidemics of drugs like opioids. Just since uh, 2000, about a million Americans have died from opioids. Mm. We've seen the approval of things like that. Clearly something's wrong. But as I'm pointing these things out, it just seems like we still have a long way to go because it's very logical. There's a problem here with a company, pharmaceutical industry, that makes money from disease and sickness having so much influence over our government. Like, it's, it's a serious, serious problem. Like, literally, again, two-thirds of our Congress members receive drugs. And this goes to the, my original point, last thing, is that, again, they're taking that check, the politician, like, hey, I'm going to use this money to do good. I'm going to get into office, and I'm going to help to make change here. Not understanding, pharma just gave you this check. Yeah. You're their bitch now. Mm. You know, number one. Number two, there's obviously there's going to be strings attached. There's going to be uh, promises to repay. But ultimately, you know, again, I, I started by saying this. I believe most people are really good. And so even as they're, you compromise a step at a time, a step at a time, a step at a time, before you know it, nothing your life doesn't match up to the person you say you are and that's often what we see the definition of the people in these political positions it's all so superficial you know but again it didn't start off that way even for that person more than likely you know and so yeah it's a it's a complicated terrain and the question is ultimately how do we change it and that's what i've been really working on recently I'd like to thank BioOptimizers for supporting this podcast and specifically for supporting my sleep. I've been utilizing BioOptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough for the last year now, and it has genuinely impacted my sleep for the better. Um, I feel more rested, more well-rested, that is, in the morning. Um, I, it helps me to fall asleep in general. It's helpful with recovery. So if you have muscle soreness or anything of the sort, magnesium is one of the most important mineral supplements that you can put into your body. Why it's important to get it as a supplement is because it is largely deficient in modern day soil. It's been that case for many years. So most people are fairly deficient in magnesium. This is a beautiful way to reintegrate it back into your biology. Why magnesium breakthrough is different, why it matters, one, the sourcing is excellent. The quality of the product is fantastic and it includes all seven forms of magnesium. So oftentimes when you get a magnesium supplement, you're just getting one or two or a few. This stuff has all of it that you need. It's a full spectrum supplement and I really dig it. If you want to get yourself a discount on Mag Breakthrough, you can go to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash align podcast get yourself a sweet discount on mag 
breakthrough so you can sleep better and repair those sweet, sultry muscles of yours. I'll say it again. So you can sleep better and repair those sweet, sultry muscles of yours. That's magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast. I, I, I'm curious, is it just as, is it like simple greed? You know, the, the, the censorship of, of competition, you know, and, 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 you know, potentially sacrificing people's health and their lives for financial gain. And, and if it is that, you know, or is there something else at play? And if there is, if it is that, then like, what is the root of that in the first place? You know, you could go, go back to maybe Genghis Khan, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, oh, interesting. Okay, there was some, some, some stuff was going on in his mind, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's not him. He's a, you know, a product of his environment. He's, you know, part of his mother and father and culture and everything. Yeah. And maybe you go to like, you know, Napoleon. You know, like, oh, there's something, there's something going on there. You know, or you, Hitler, you know, you, any of these, these, like, this isn't, there's been a repeat of, of this, like, like power thirst throughout known history. And yeah. so I, I wonder, as far as looking at solutions for that, if, and if, if there even needs to be a solution, perhaps that's just the nature of things and we're, you know, it's like the circle of life and people are going to, you know, do things that we deem to be terrible and evil. And that's the way it is. You know, I don't think I don't think that's an ideal perception. But what do you think the root of that is in the first place? Yeah, this goes back to, again, it's, it's a it's a perception. It's a belief because each of the people that you named in some form or fashion, they believe they were doing the right thing. Right. You know, to get rid of this country or these people or, you know, to be able to to rule over this particular land so that they can do it better and people can have better lives, mm-hmm. right? Or at least their family, right? Some altruism there. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for us to understand. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> there's also, there has to be a break from, there has to be a break from compassion. There has to be a psychological dehumanization of a person or a, 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 a race of people or whatever the case might be for you to do, for you to, to have that level of vitriol towards that race or that person. Yep. And, you know, that is taught. That isn't something that we just naturally have, you know. So that gets back to, again, hurt people, hurt people, and also our conditioning, our programming from our environment if we're not aware. And... I say, I've say, said this many times, but we are definitely a product of our environment. I know that because that's, you know, where I'm from. I was heading in the same direction as my environment. But we are also creators of our environment. Once we become aware of it, you know, so, um, yeah, this, this thread has always existed, like you mentioned. And today, if we look at, you know, ahead of a pharmaceutical company, if, if I encourage everybody to check out Crime of the Century. Have you seen it on Mm-mm. HBO Max? So it's, wow, it is really digging in and looking at the opioid epidemic. And um, it is very unsettling. It's very unsettling. Mm. And, you know, behind, you know, you see a smiling face. One of the the guys who was in charge of one of the big pharmaceutical companies, he just kind of looks like a jubilant, like, but then they ask him a certain question. He's, you know, he just kind of clams up, like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, 
killing people. Like, he's detached from that. Right. He's looking at the numbers, you know. So there's levels of, of even when we get into those positions, people start looking at things in terms of numbers, whether it's the industrial prison system. Like, we know there's a certain amount of folks who are in juvenile systems who are going to end up, whether 70%, whatever the case might be, in the in the other, the big boy version of it, right? So it's like a prep school for that shit. And you just run the math. Like, okay, we know 70%. Okay, we get in here. And how much money do you get per kid in this system? 50000 100000 a yep. year, whatever it is. You just do the math. These are bad kids, right? You're not thinking about rehabilitation for real. You're not thinking about opportunity. You're not thinking about the conditions that might have created the situation where the kid was trying to, you know, I don't know, survive. You're not addressing any of that. You know that, oh, this is going to turn over into this. Over here, it's just numbers. And we have a story in our head, bad, bad people, bad kid. Yeah. Right? We got to dehumanize them. So we, humans are very crafty to create these psychological stories to make us right and to make us feel good about the wrong that we do. Yeah. You know? And it takes a very courageous person, and I believe we all have this capacity to look at those things and to be willing to be wrong, you know? And here's the craziest shit. Like, when you are, wor- when you are willing to be wrong, you end up right a lot more often, hmm. you know? Because you're willing to look at all the sides and quickly come to a, an understanding, yep. you know? And so that's another thing that's taken place uh, this past year and a half. I mean, I've been looking for data to just counter what I'm saying, like what... Because I, I understand I have a bias. We all have our biases. And my bias is towards, which yours is as well, what, what, am I, what, are, what, is, what does my genes expect? What do my cells expect from me to be, to be a, a, a healthy human being? Like that for, and we're talking about countless centuries and centuries of humanity. What are the things my DNA has been exposed to that have healthy, as Bruce Lipton would has brought to us epigenetic outcomes, right? These influences. And so I understand my bias. When something comes up that doesn't align with that, right? I have a red flag that comes up. But now I could see the flag. And I'm like, my red flag's up, but maybe this new drug, maybe it, maybe it is fucking amazing. You know, maybe it goes contrary. This long track record of the, 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 this industry fucking people up. Maybe they're doing something good for a change. Let I have to put it to the side, open myself up to be wrong, mm. and go in and venture into it. And, um, you know, I dig, man. I, I dig. I really do. I look for, man, it's hard. It's hard. Because the bad that they are is really bad. Like, it's just coming up for me, for example, Johnson & Johnson. Um, you know, the baby powder thing has happened recently. You know, it's multi-billion dollar lawsuit settlement, that whole thing. Yeah. You know, man, I used to put baby powder on me. I know? was a big nut baby powder guy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what that I'm saying. My, that was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, man. Same thing. Yeah. And it's you know one of the delights of life, I think. Yeah, you you have no idea that you took about seven months off your life, you know. But you know, here's the thing. So all of these different things are coming out today, which is another beautiful part. Where things have never been really crazier in some instance, but also we learn stuff so much faster. Like 
a politician can lie, like you might never know, might never even hear about it. If unless, you know, something happens and it's in the local newspaper, mm. you know, or whatever. Today, you can see somebody lying in real time. And then you got the, the data right here, you know, to, to, and I don't like to say the term fact check, but, you know, to be able to see like, oh, wait, that's not, that's not actually true. You got to know when there's misinformation, man. Man, don't get me started. <laughs> so, and even even that. So here's a, here's the thing too. Thank you for saying that because I I'm aware that even when I say the fact check, I still understand that this is still based on a certain data set. Mm-hmm. And in some contexts, even this isn't right. But what I do, and this is, should be something we all strive to do, is have a simple cost benefit analysis or what does a majority of data say, mm-hmm. right? I'm a big I'm a big proponent of results. You know, I'm a very results-oriented person. And so I just look at the results, look at the track record. Johnson & Johnson, for example. They were just ordered to pay part of a $26 billion settlement for their contribution to the opioid epidemic. Hmm. All right? It's a big chunk of change, but not really. Not for them. Yeah. And what is, what is their part? They are the world's largest manufacturer by far of a genetically modified super poppy narcotics that are used to make opioids mm. the, by far i mean they are a beast all right they are el chapo they are what's the other guy i don't know i just i watched i started watching breaking bad for the first time that's my first tv show so all my only relationship is like <laughs> el tuco or whatever from breaking bad he's a big meth guy <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this full disclosure, I never saw it. Never. I haven't seen it, man. I have it. It's my only show. I know some people are like, what, Sean? You got to see it. It started yeah. in 2008. I thought it was like from 2019. I was oh, so wow. excited that I was like, hip. I was on it. That's, it happened Not with me it. with uh, Game of Thrones. I watched mm. it like maybe four seasons into it or yeah. something, you know, yeah. and everybody's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, <laughs> that's, so, so that's going on, right? And then... Uh, the CDC published some data with um, folks who have a uh, documented opioid abuse condition are over 10 times more likely to die, or I'm sorry, not to die, but to contract COVID-19, right? So it creates somehow, this isn't cause, I'm not talking about causality right now, okay? But this correlation should have us to form a hypothesis, okay, over 10 times? It's not two times, all right? It's not even like a little bit of a, even five, it's 10 times. There's probably something here. What's the underlying mechanism? And then we see, if we dig around and look at the data, like what's happening with the immune system on opioids? Oh man, it's not good. Hmm. Go figure, you know? Um, This kind of pro-inflammatory, like this is for for, for pain. And so dealing with this pro-inflammatory condition that might manifest in pain, but what is it doing to our immune cells and immunosenescence and exacerbating our immune cells dying off? Mm-hmm. You know, that can't be good, mm-hmm. you know? So these kind of associations, and then we look at the track record and the efficacy, you know, and the same thing, you know, um, well, I'm not gonna start dropping all these guys' names, but, you know, they also paid out a massive healthcare fraud settlement, $2.2 billion. Uh, with the Department of Justice, you know, and these things, these, this is a literally, it, the, the reason is, or the question should be, why don't we hear more about this? 
they're the biggest funders of the media as well, major media yeah, networks. You know, outside of like you know Vanguard Group and things like that, they're funding the media. They're they're controlling government policy to a large degree. They're controlling the FDA. We're not getting viable data from these folks. Right. And so I have a bias. Like I know who you are. And if somebody shows you who they are, believe them, everybody's heard that statement. People don't believe all of a sudden. That's the thing that I, I had to come to grips with early on. I was just like, okay, guys, we know what's going on. Everybody collectively, like we already know, like the news is pretty much full of shit. And it's just fear and all this stuff. Like we all, right? Yeah, it's theater. But then all of a sudden people was like, not right. We are abandoning, abandoning logic in our history. And let me just hear what this guy is telling me to do so that I could survive. Fear is so powerful, man. So the thing that comes to mind that I think is highly relevant in this conversation, have you heard of the concept learned helplessness? Of course, of course. So essentially learned helplessness is when a, I think the, the, the research that I saw was with dogs. They put dogs on like these like shock tables, like the floor was would, would you know cause this, this charge, electrocute them. Not like kill them, but like uncomfortable. And they give... Um, one group the opportunity to you know press this button and it turns the shock off and then the other group there'd be no button to turn it off and then with enough time eventually the dog would just kind of like curl up into this fetal position and then when you present them the opportunity to disengage the shock they're like I'm, I'm you know whatever i'm over mm-hmm. it like i'm just i'm just in my fetal position i'm curled up and i think that a lot of the the weight of what's going on and you know the general confusion that is rampant throughout culture, um, at least with myself, sometimes I, and I question whether my, like, I have like this passionate neutrality, you know, where mm-hmm. I'm, I really want to listen to both sides. And mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, I feel like, I, I know that I have You're such a deep alt bias. Middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like alt middle. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but within that, I question how much, perhaps some, a bit of that in myself could be some level of learned helplessness yeah. of like what you know like what do I what the fuck do I actually do with yeah. all of this you know and, and, and so that's I think something that's like great you, you can read all the statistics and studies and determine you know bad guy good guy you know whatever the thing but like what do we actually do with it that's really the the question man you know you do what you're doing right now you know People can't see you, you're massaging your feet and you're being Aaron and being awesome (laughs) and being a joy and a light and a teacher and a facilitator. And that's the best thing that you can do, you know, like give your gift, bring some some um, empowerment to folks, Mm. because I really do believe like every little every little place where we can get some light in, Mm. you know, it can it eventually can break through. You know, so every little, and I'm thinking about little like chinks in the armor or kinks in the armor. And, um, you know, eventually if we get enough of those things, it's just going to happen faster. So that's the number one thing is, is being the model. I know a lot of people today feel, feel a little bit cut adrift. It's, it's, it's so crazy. And you, we talked about this before, I think maybe before we got started, but you can go to a, uh, the house next door and it's a completely different atmosphere one house might be in total terror uh-huh. and the next house it's a party you yeah. know and now this is the I, i'm bringing this up because the the dissonance is happening within families it's not just like this city versus that city or this community versus that community it's within families where people are more the political sphere 
started the ball rolling and now with COVID it's become so politicized and it like comes with the kit. Like if you believe if you're in this certain political party of this influence, you have the kit of your particular beliefs. Like it just it comes with the kit. And we've allowed that to take place over time. How the how the fuck do we have two parties? Mm-hmm. Like, what sense does that make? We, we have hundreds or thousands of different perceptions about said topic. Why you got to pick one? Yeah. It makes no sense. And you have, you have to fold into it. You might be on this side, but then you believe an issue, a, a difference of this issue. The same thing as the other side. But you can't say it. If you do, you're ousted. You're not part of the party. You know, so... We've al- but we've allowed it to get to this place. So a big part of the solution is, is understanding the problem. We didn't get here overnight. We've allowed this stuff to simmer underneath the surface, seeing so much suffering, our citizens, so much death, unnecessary death and destruction. And even with that, from where I'm from, a lot of people are hurting other people because they're not well. They're not, they don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know, I came up in a place where it was very dangerous, very dangerous, even within my own household. Missouri, right? Yeah, <laughs> St. Louis. Where? St. Louis? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and little fun fact, St. Louis many times has been the murder capital. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that distinguished uh, accolade many times. But, you know, but this it, more so is just a lot of good people. We just make bad decisions because of the nature of where we are, you know. And, um, you know, the violence even that I see in my household that I was exposed to, that I experienced, that I was a part of, man, like, if I'm thinking about, like, my stepfather who right now, you know, he's in, a, he's in an adult uh, daycare. Hmm. And he can't, you know, he, he has to be under constant supervision because of crack hmm. and uh, really damaging his brain. So he has epilepsy now. He developed wow. ep- epilepsy. Wow. And, man, but let, when I tell you, when he was well, when he wasn't doing the drugs, the alcohol, he's one of the like most jubilant, happy, joyous people I've ever, like he, it was amazing. But I, rarely, I saw that like 10% of the time mm-hmm. because he was always under this pressure from the environment and had to be a certain way. And he was conditioned in a certain way because his older brothers, one of them died from crack. The second one, he's just freaking Wolverine because he's did he's done more crack than anybody <laughs> and been stabbed and shot. You know, shout out to my Uncle Larry. <laughs> Everybody has an Uncle Larry in some domain, but not like, I mean, he's literally Wolverine. Yeah. But so he had to, he was subjected to the abuse and conditioning from them as well. So he had to be tough. But he was a he's a sweet person. He's a sweet human being, you know. So again, if you don't understand the the plight of a person in in certain conditions, you know, right now we live in a strange time where people are trying to understand it, but then you can create like this false compassion, you know, yep. and you know, and then that gets bled out into other issues where you be, you know, I don't want to say the word, you know, the the W word. W O K E. Woke. Oh, the woke. woke culture. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love JP. You know, our guy JP is like, is you know, be, be, be awake, not woke. Yeah, you right. know, where we have this false, like today, you know, I'm healthy. I take this drug, so I'm healthy. Mm. 
or you know i i put this covering on my 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 mouth and my and my nose and so i'm protecting others and i'm helping others to be healthy you patriot with all love and 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 empowerment and respect actually help somebody mm. don't create this illusion where you can passively help somebody and do your part actually do your part because we're literally masking the issue. We're masking the symptom. And we're not doing the thing of being human and connecting with other humans. And actually, instead of you know fearing your neighbor, how about you guys socially distance and go for a walk together or whatever the case might be. You know, share a meal, prepare some food for them or you know, um, give them access to, to a certain book or whatever the case might be. There's so many things we can proactively do to serve and help other people. We've come so, become so detached. So part of the solution, uh, again, is understanding we didn't get here overnight. We've been, a, as I said at the very beginning, a ticking time bomb, whether it's our education system. If people are wondering, why are we so compliant? Why are we, why are we so illogical? Where's our critical thinking? Yeah, That's, this is how we're, quote, educated in our culture today. And the kids that stick out, the kids that don't want to sit still, Oh, we got drugs for them. And again, this isn't that they're bad people. The parents aren't bad people. They want their child to succeed. And this is all in the framing, all right? So the education system, our food system, our healthcare system, you know, our system of politics, all these things, these kind of energies that are governing things around us. Understand, number one, you, none of those things are your authority. You are your authority. So how do we fix this? Number one, understanding you are your authority, number one. Number two, Find a way to serve. Even, and this is where it gets, we can build some muscle with it, even if it's somebody who's, quote, on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, extend some compassion. Like, like you mentioned, like really think about putting yourself in their shoes. See from their perspective. And I promise you, like, if you actually do that, you're going to find some good. You're going to find some connective tissue. Yep. You know, and here's what happens is you find an inroads. You know, now I'm not saying you have to do this all the time for everybody, but if you practice this, it makes you immensely stronger in being able to do this work. So um, find a way to serve because here's the crazy thing that is it's also really special and amazing. What if you inspire one person or a hundred people to improve their health and their empowerment and their sovereignty and not to be dependent on all these these systems that have kept us sick and, and disempowered. What if each person impacted 100 people or 10 people, just 10 people? What if each person impacted one person? We have a, a revolution overnight, just one person. But we have the capacity now to affect 10, 20. You know, in your case, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, right? Like, we have the capacity. This is what I'm saying, how quickly this can happen, but the tenets are very basic. Mm. All right. Here's one more. And I can keep going with with all these different steps that we can do. But one more. We have to. We have to stop feeding the system. It exists. All of these pillars exist because they are. They're well funded and they're thriving. The money is in new drugs. This is why an older effective drug, maybe in some context, based on some clinical studies, 
might be completely ignored or censored versus a new new drug where you can make billions of, uh, in profit. You know, if we're not participating in the system, like you become sovereign. I'm not talking about all the, I'm not talking about the new, new stuff. So let's not, let's not get into that. Which again, it's not to say you have to also, even with that, whatever side you believe, there's value on both sides. So we have to have that position. But what I'm saying is, if you can, if you cannot, if you can ensure that you and your family are not destined or dependent upon metformin to manage your blood sugar and a statin for your cholesterol and lisinopril and Celebrex, if you can make sure that you're not dependent on that system, you pull away energy for the system to exist. The solution really is having healthy people. The whole thing would collapse overnight, you know, not literally overnight, because that's also a big part of the the conversation early was like, oh, we can't get people healthier overnight. You're right with this focus on health is the way forward, but we can't get people healthy overnight. People were saying this shit to me back in April and March of 2020. And I saw the data. Like I saw Italy. I was like, we're we're in trouble here in the U.S. We're in trouble. Sure enough, 95 percent of folks we've lost, according to the CDC, again, there's a lot of controversy around that, but the CDC, 95% of the folks we lost had an average of four pre-existing chronic diseases and or, and or comorbidities, okay, just to be clear. And the number one, obesity. Second leading one, cause of death, anxiety and fear. Go figure. Yeah. So that's the last part I'll share is if anything, regardless of the, the, the decision somebody makes with their health, decision they make with their politics if you can encourage somebody somebody that you love to tap into another sense of of authority and information because most people honestly unfortunately their television has become their their altar yep it's become their their guiding light and their and their their north star and what to do with their lives yeah, everyone has a religion even if you don't you know if you're whatever your your thing is you your religion becomes the thing that you pay the most attention to that is your idol that's it so what if you could help one person a family member maybe you're at odds with or maybe you know you just want to help and support and serve in a and this is all talking about working on you still finding ways to get through and to do these things but to help to move away from fear because fear is what got them in this in the first place. If they're in a place of, you know, again, being manipulated or, or in a place of suffering based on fear, which is, is, is literally is killing people. So what can you do to help? And this is leveraging personal psychology of, the, of you and that person. So maybe they, you can find a way to direct them to something that is more empowering for their altar. Maybe they lost track of that. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's love. Maybe it's their religion. Maybe whatever it is. It's just like your God has become, you know, um, the news anchor, whoever. I don't want to drop any names out here, but, you know, that's, that's the person you're trusting with your, with, your, with your life, really. So help folks to get out of fear and into empowerment. We can start making decisions collectively better and have more compassion and cohesiveness if we can get folks out of fear, we can get folks talking. 
And it is easier if you're healthy. It is easier if your brain is healthy. It's not a prerequisite. But any of those and all of those things are how we can start to chip away at this this, this crazy system that exists right now and just help to get the light in for people, you know, their collective armor that they have up. And eventually the light is going to break through. And, um, yeah, we're all going to be walking around here like Aaron <laughs> and just being a fucking amazing. And, um, you know, and I just want to thank you, man, because the every time I talk with you, I, I talk about things that are just these are things that I don't outpicture. Hmm. It might be an essence in some of the work I'm doing, but I don't articulate them. You know, so I, I'm grateful for that because, um, you know, I don't think enough people are are focused on what we can actually do today. Mm. And I try to weave that in after everything that I do, you know, whether I'm creating a show or whether I'm creating, you know, writing books, whatever it is. But, um, you know, there's a lot of focus on the problem. Mm. And, and this is just the truth. Last thing I'll say is, it, de- it deserves a lot of focus because the, pr- the problem is that the problem is the problem. And so calling it out, actually put shining a light on what the real problem is, that's how we can actually start to address it and solve it. But packaged with that, we've got to come with, here's what we can do about it. You know, so it's really, it's an exciting time to yeah. be alive. I mean, it's, no one said this was going to be easy. And I think we've got some beautiful days ahead, better days ahead. But it can get a lot tougher, you know, in the interim. And we're perfectly qualified to 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 make it through any obstacle that we face. Yeah, I like the idea of um, I got this from. Well, many people have said this in various different ways. But Mike Tyson, he, he was talking about how he needs to be hated. He needs someone to spit on him and, you know, call him a piece of shit and in order for him to get mad enough to do anything, mm-hmm. to work out, to train, to become fucking Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like being able to alchemize that yeah. negativity or vitriol, whatever it may be, it's your processing system of the way that you digest what's happening. Yeah. Everything is just happening, you know, and, and then your option or availability is to choose the way that you decipher it and interpret it for yourself. You know, and then the other thing to just to juxtapose Mike Tyson and Ram Dass, um, <laughs> he, Ram Dass had a had a had a thing where he's, he said, uh, you know, who you think you are is vulnerable, and who you are is invulnerable. You know, and I think that so much of that comes back to all of the the psychosomatic, you know, conversation from before of how our thoughts and feelings, you know, they inform the way that we produce ourselves. Yeah. And so by taking the time to intentionally elect to remove yourself from the, f- the fear blanket, the fear cycle, um, even though it feels good, it's, you know, it's addictive to be in that, um, to intentionally take time to tap into that part of yourself that truly is invulnerable, you know, and then the other part is, you know, like, I think that kind of reinterpreting what you're saying is like, like something that I find valuable is, is being so good that you're undeniable. And yeah. I got that from somebody else as well. And it's, again, paraphrase, however, you know, whoever that was, however they said it, it was something, yeah. you know, probably more eloquent. But I think that's, like, that's all you can do. Be so fucking good that you're undeniable. You know, and then from there, it's like vaccine, no vaccine. Like, like take both parties, all the camps, do that. 
<laughs> you know, then whatever you're religious, political, what if you're doing that, that you're so good that you're undeniable, that's the free market. You know, and then cool, like whatever comes up, then that's then that's will follow that. You know, and so if you're the person that feels like maybe you've adapted some of those learned helplessness traits, it's just like Mike Tyson, Ram Das, and whoever said the undeniable quote. Bam. Bam. That's it. I love it. <laughs> where do people where could people go to get more of where do you, where would you like to point humans from here? I appreciate you so much making time to do this, by the way. Oh, I don't man. Know it, it's really a do. pleasure. It's yeah. a pleasure. So folks can find me uh where where they're listening to this, they can find the Model Health Show. Um is my show. I've had you on, of course. And uh, and I this is the thing. I only bring on the best of the best in their respective fields. You know, and you have created a a category for yourself that is so uh, unique and powerful. It's just, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. And uh, also I do master classes on particular subjects. So my show is a little unique in that, is that, you know, so if it is, for example, with obesity being the leading risk factor for death with this con current condition, why? Hmm. Let's go and break down what's happening in this situation with the you know fat cells basically sending out a distress signal as if they're infected right and creating more inflammation a pre pre-inflamed state and recidiv recidivism in children right now you know there's an obesity massive obesity spike in children from the conditions and the way that we've handled this with the lockdowns and whatever the case might be so we'll do a master class on this subject matter looking at the obesity tie-in with this so you understand the dynamics you could be more empowered and you can here's five tips or five specific action steps we can go out in the world and change this hmm. right and then of course just the the general stuff that really <laughs> is so crazy now man you know um my first book is sleep smarter it's an uh, international bestseller really opened the door for a lot of the sleep wellness um books and information that's out there today i'm, I'm it's weird for me to say this i'm saying this from a place i'm being very um cautious to say this because I'm, I'm a nutritionist i didn't sign up to be a quote sleep expert you know it's just a gap in the market but you know there are incredible master classes uh, of my show looking at for example how does sleep control fat loss hmm. you know what are the all the the biomechanics behind that what are, what are the hormonal aspects of sleep that that can create such a uh interesting phenomenon so we do master classes. Again, I have on the, some of the best people in the world in their respective fields. So the Model Health Show, I think that you'll really love it. And you can find Sleep Smarter in my latest book, Eat Smarter, anywhere books are sold. And again, just thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah, and then in relation to one of the things that you said, that I, had a, I had a little bookmark to come back to, was um, you can't change your health, you know, overnight. And then you look at, I know you already know what I'm about to say, but in relation to sleep, you really can you know, so yes. one, one night of, of bad sleep puts a person into a pre-diabetic state. Yep. You know, it's, it suppresses their immune system, yes. et cetera, et cetera. You know, so we're so much more powerful than, than what we think. Yeah. That's the thing. It's what we think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we get to choose that. Yeah. Yeah. We're very powerful. And I'm excited. I'm really excited for us. But we're getting, this is the time now. We're creating strong, strong people yet again. Mm. All right. Thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Me. Thank you all for tuning in. Over now.
enjoyed that conversation, I have a special announcement. We are offering y'all the opportunity to win over $100 in prizes from our sponsors. All you got to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts for this podcast. So what you do, go into your cell phone, uh, scroll all the way down. Super simple, literally going to take you 25 seconds. And uh, there you have, you have the reviews, you just click five star if you think it deserves it or whatever you think it deserves, write a review, and then we will read your review next week on the podcast. We're going to do this for the next several weeks uh, because I think it's a fun idea to be able to give away sweet prizes to y'all. So it'll be from Eaton Hemp. So you get yourself some hemp seeds, maybe some CBD oil, uh, get yourself some element and also get yourself some bio optimizers. So pretty sweet. Uh, and uh, like I said, it's going to take you about 25 to 30 seconds and presents you the opportunity to one, just support the podcast if you think it's worth supporting and uh, to present the opportunity to win a prize. And uh, before we go, I want to read a review from Erica Bushwell. She says, awesome podcast, exclamation point, five stars. Aaron hosts the line podcast, highlights all aspects of nutrition and more in this can't miss podcast. Uh, the host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. So thank you all so much for leaving reviews. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. I hope this is positively impacting your life. And uh, I look forward to reading your reviews in the coming weeks and giving out some sweet prizes from our sponsors. If you want to tag me on Align Podcast, or sorry, on Instagram, um, I'm located at Align Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Sean Stevenson is, his handle is Sean Model. So it's beautiful to get to see the parts of the episode that you really enjoyed. And I like to reshare them. So that's sweet of you guys to do that if you choose to do so. That's it. That's all. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.